Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Renderos Bros. What up? It's Renderos. That's podcast right. of the brothers. That's right. Where brotherhood we, of the Renderos. Where we review two films and a try a beer of the week. So thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we're just going to jump right into it. All right, everybody. Hope the week has started out right for y'all. Yeah, hope you guys have been fucking uh, chilling out, smoking a good one, drinking some good drinks, and uh, just taking it easy, you know? Oh, man, dude, I drank a lot today. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, I had a friend's birthday. We went down to, um, I already forgot the place it's called. Uh, a brunch place, right? A brunch place, yeah. it was. Uh, it's $40, uh, endless mimosas. Ooh, I like it, okay. All you can eat. Okay. And, you know, my wife... Oh, you can eat and endless mimosas? Yep. I might have to shoot the fucking uh, info on that. I will definitely do that. But, uh, dude, they have an oyster bar, shrimp, steak. You you name it, they have it. Okay. Um, Where's this place at? What area? In the city of Calabasas. Ah, nice. Yeah. Was it... um, It wasn't um, off of Las Virgenes, though, was it? Uh, No, it was off of, like, uh, Malibu Drive or something like that. Okay. Because there's a Mexican uh, buffet place similar... Yeah. To that, but endless margaritas or some shit in the mornings. Okay. And it's a brunch place too, but like Mexican style, of course. Um, it's off of Las Virgenes in uh Cal- in towards like Calabasas, you know. Oh nice. Yeah, yeah. So like <clears throat> we went we went down there and uh man, you know, my wife doesn't drink, so they kept on pouring her fucking the champagne for her mimosa. Yeah. So I just took her fucking shit and get so I'm I'm drinking for two, baby. Yeah, hell uh, yeah. So oh boy, was I toasty by the end of the whole thing. Okay. Uh, so, but the only yeah, place but, I've been on Cas- uh, Calabasas, like Calabasas, Calabasas, was a uh, Sage Cantina, which uh, was fucking great. Sagebrush Cantina. Sagebrush that's Cantina. The that's the fucking place. place. That's okay. So that's yeah. exactly where, we were, where I had gone for. Yeah. Uh, I think it was a Super Bowl one. Fuck one of the years, like maybe six, six, seven years. Pre-COVID. Ago. Yeah, pre COVID. Yeah. Way, way pre COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, our friend had reserved an outside table. We, you know, you're required to wear masks in yeah. there, but obviously there's knuckleheads who are like, I don't give really a fuck, but outside yeah. with masks, and we're all vaccinated, so. I felt comfortable doing that. Yeah, we went to a restaurant yesterday, um, eat some seafood and shit, but the restaurant requires uh, the, uh, only people with vaccinated cards to be to come in because they card you as you come in. Yeah, I mean... They the, card you as you come in. They, yeah, they card you as all you come ages, in. All ages. All age carding. All ages. It yeah. doesn't matter if you're not going to drink. We got to card you. Thank, yeah. Thank the city of Los Angeles so for that. It was cool. It was cool. But yeah, so uh, what's our beer of the week, baby? We got motherfucking Estrella Jalisco. By motherfucking Golden Road by motherfucking Calamato. So it's a collaboration of a drink um, sold by Estrella Jalisco. I guess they did this collab with uh, both Calamato and Golden Road Brewing Company to do this mango michelada. All right. All right. So a little fucking slogan here is mango michelada is a delicious twist on a classic Mexican staple inspired by Estrella Jalisco's culture and the Mexican mango cart vendors in L.A. Golden Road Brewing created a mango-flavored beer blended with Clamato Picante and brewed in L.A. This distinctive blend delivers a spin on the classic michelada flavor with a unique and authentic L.A. twist. All right. So let's fucking... Let's, uh, uh, let's crack that shit open yeah. and see. And it's, We got two glasses let's set up this. as he gets the very bright orange bottle ready. Um, and yeah, man, like it was a good celebration. It was nice to actually see people and spend time with people in a nice outdoor setting. Yeah. Sagebrush is off of a uh, Valley circle. No, uh, Malibu circle. Malibu yeah. circle. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. Good yeah fucking, yeah. that's a good place. I would fucking highly recommend. I didn't know they did the whole, um, the whole fucking, uh, uh, brunch, uh, 
mimosa thing like that. Yeah, no, I, I didn't know that either. Okay, Every- and I fucked up. Okay, so apparently when you when you get this beer, mix it. Mix it. Uh, uh, mix the can around. Because look at your cup. Look at mine. Oh, I do see the that. Fucking oh, man. Flavor the fucking flavor color is completely yeah. off. Oh, damn. Uh, yeah, go do. ahead and give, give us a, a quick break. We're going to jump back in this because I got to mix these up properly. All right, we're back. And now we mixed it up. Mix up the beer. So make sure you fucking shake the can uh, before or actually pour it in some fucking big cup. You know what I mean? Or some shit, man. Because you got to mix the fucker because it's like a lot, a lot of it's sitting at the bottom. A lot of residue sitting at the bottom of it. Yeah. So, uh, um, yeah, the color's um, kind of like a dark red clamato type of look. It smells like clamato and yeah. mango. Like I'm, I'm But you can see like chunks in it like, as you're pouring the stuff out. Like the stuff that was at the bottom, it had like chunks in it. That's yeah. I saw that. That's like clamato shit. I'm not shit. the biggest fan of that kind of shit. Ah, okay. But yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, give, it's, it a uh, give it a drink. Yeah, go ahead and we fucking get a taste. I'm smelling it. Just kind of noticing the small hint of mango, but like a real big smell of clamato. Yeah, the clamato definitely stands out on the end. Like I can taste it right now. The mango hits uh, forward. It's a very fruit forward uh, hit. And then the clamato slaps right on the end, which I'm not a big fan <clears throat> of clamato. So, um, yeah, um, I'm not a big fan of this beer. No, it's it's not. It's real fucking. The, the weird sweetness with the Clamato's kind of clammy tomato juice is not a good mix for me. It's not the best tang either. No. It tastes like a weird tang taste. I'm uh, not the best. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not I'm down not, with the I'm fucking not flavor this either. One. Uh, yeah, so for us, this is definitely going to be a hard pass. Uh, yeah, fucking A. I would, man, don't buy this shit if you don't like uh, uh, shitty tasting beer. Yeah, it, you, <laughs> like I mean, like it, I assumed uh, michelada. I was like very curious about like a mango michelada kind of combination. No, yeah. no, no, I'm not with it. it. No. Not with it at all. Um, definitely not enjoying it. Um, so yeah, that that's that's our beer of the week, uh, Estrella Jalisco. Yeah, fucking go yeah. ahead and skip past it and uh, get your favorite beer. Yeah, go get your favorite beer. Uh, stick, well, to, <laughs> stick to what you know. Yeah, because this is not. Yeah, this is this a is not going. Skipper. All right. <laughs> All right, what, now we're gonna get into some uh, some movie action. Yeah, the first film is a drama called The Tender Bar. A boy growing up on Long Island seeks out father figures amongst the patrons at his uncle's bar. Yeah. Uh, directed by George Clooney, written by uh, William Monahan, and by based on the memoir by J.R. Mo Moringer, uh, starring Ben Affleck, Ty Sheridan. Uh, Daniel Ranieri, uh, you have Lily Rabe uh, as his mom, Christopher Lloyd, Max Martini is the voice, and uh, others in the in the film as well. Um, what what are your some of the thoughts that you had? It is on Amazon Prime. I thought it was a fucking entertaining film uh, for the most part because I I think I feel like all the fucking actors and everybody's like super charismatic and they bring a lot of appeal to the screen. Yeah. So I enjoyed that fucking aspect of it. I love the way the fucking movie looks like it's you know taking place in the right era and all that kind of shit. Uh, and that one of the eras that I always uh, enjoy like watching because. You could get away with a lot of shit back then because phones and, and a lot of shit didn't exist. Oh, yeah, so for you sure. could get away with like doing crazy like murders and like cr- fucking like super crazy, like <laughs> crazy shit. You know what I mean? Like you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. So the world was different back then. That's that's the only reason. It's not that I think it's cool or anything, that's just yeah, fucked yeah. up. But um I just think that it's fucking wild how things would really work in those days. You know what yeah. I mean? Because you know, things wouldn't be caught uh for a good amount of time, you know, shit like that. 
and people would get like reputations for fucking crazy shit, and that's how you'd get to know who the fuck they were. But this movie was pretty dope. I fucking thought it was it was entertaining enough to to get through. It wasn't the craziest uh, um, story. Um, story. I thought it was a, a cool, uh, like kind of calm, collected, like kind of like a love story blended in um, with um, not just his uncle, but the fucking girl. You know what I mean? Um, so I thought it was it was I was that it was not too bad, you know. Yeah, fucking, Brianna uh, Middleton plays uh, Sydney. I forgot to mention. Yeah, that. Ben Affleck did a good fucking job with uh, with his character. I, I like I like the fucking fact when he calls out uh calls out the the dad and the dad fucking comes out the car and beats his ass. Beats his ass. Yeah. Hilarious. Oh yeah. I mean, like I honestly like really enjoyed uh, the acting in this film. I think George yeah. Clooney is a, a a solid director. Definitely. Nothing too flashy or anything like that. But yeah. I think he he gets the right shots when they're needed. Uh, unfortunately, this just kind of plays out like a growing up story uh, about a young man, you know, trying to find his place on this planet without actually having a solid father figure, realizing, you know, that his Uncle Charlie is his father figure, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and his Uncle Charlie and the whole family dynamic, like, I wish there was more with the parents, but they gave everybody enough little moments to be able to, like, show that at least on his mom's side of the family, they loved him. They yeah. believed in him, and they did their best to give him a, a leg up in the world, right? Like, yeah, he could always yeah. come back and, you know, be part of the family, and th- there was no questions asked, even though if, like, the father played by Christopher Lloyd wasn't happy about the fact that his kids kept coming back, he still never turned them away because they were like, they're my kids. Like, even as much as you guys drive me insane, like, this is always your home. Yeah, exactly. You know. As a fucking parent should do, I guess. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and so, like, yeah, but I mean, like, uh, the the story is not surprising in any way. Like, there's no, like, real fucking, like, plot twists. Yeah, it's real um, straightforward. Real straightforward narrative. Uh, wonderfully handled. It just wasn't anything. There's nothing special about the fucking movie. Correct. It's yeah, just a, a, a movie, very, very, like, kind of bland in a sense. Yeah. If you really think about it and try to get deep, if you want to fucking have super deep meaning in movies it's like this yeah. is just a basic ass movie you know? yeah and i'll say that ty sheridan did pretty good as jr like he wasn't he wasn't bad in the film i mean definitely the standout performance is ben affleck like without yeah without hesitating ben affleck i think really shines in this film yeah um the 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 kind of uh you know the bravado that he carries around as the uncle but also like the sweet and the caring is all there as well with the hard like knocks of life, he's like, "I'll never lie to you." Yeah, and, and yeah, he just yeah. and he was honest, and I, I did enjoy the film. Like it just wasn't anything like super memorable. Like you would watch this movie, and you're probably gonna forget it over time, and it'll get lost in the annals of history. But it, while you have the opportunity to watch it, I would recommend watching it. Yeah, definitely. Um, um, what you fucking, you- I think the movie's kind of cool also because you know see some see see some actors that. You might have seen in different films. It kind of brings you back to like, oh fuck, that's that one dude, you know, beats up Marky in fucking uh, uh, movie with Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. So I mean, I'll give like, it a fucking six. I'd give it a six for you give, for you give it a for six? rating. Yeah. Okay. I you know I also would give it a six. I think um, well handled, good acting. Just it wasn't anything mind blowing or anything like that. Um, yeah, but definitely check this out. It's on Amazon Prime. Um, I think you would enjoy it. It's an hour and 46 minutes. Um, and if it's there, why not? Yeah, fuck yeah. Uh, and then our second film of the week is The Power of the Dog. Uh, charismatic rancher Phil Burbank inspires fear and awe in those around him. 
when his brother brings home a new wife and her son, Phil torments them until he finds himself exposed to the possibility of love. Uh, starting, uh, well, actually, uh, written by uh, Jane uh, Campion, uh, also directed by her, and uh, based on the novel by Thomas Savage from 1967, uh, starring Benedict Cumberbatch as Phil Burbank, Jesse Plemons as George Burbank, and you have uh, Kirsten Dunst as Rose Gordon, and you have Cody Smith-McPhee as Peter Gordon. Uh, those are the four main casts, and you have smaller roles yeah. in the film, but they're not impactful to the story overall. They're yeah. just kind of, you know, they're there to fill out, like, the supporting world of this story. Um, and let, let's let's talk about this one. Uh, what did you think about this? <clears throat> All right, so fucking to start off with... Um, I thought uh, the uh, movie came off uh, super fucking, uh, um, you know, it's kind of serious in a sense, you know what I mean, for sure, because the fucking, uh, I, I feel like the plot was kind of serious in the way they, they, they tried yeah. to portray it all. Yeah. So that that kind of made me feel like, ah, this is kind of, eh, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, just fucking hurry up and fucking go. I get it done. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah, but it started to, it started to, the plot started to thicken. And I started to be like, holy shit, okay, this fucking, this is pretty tight. You know what I mean? I fucking, I, I kind of like where this is going, you know? You know, it felt very open range, kind of a slow open. And then as this, the more characters and situations start kind of unfolding, the story starts to pick up in its pace. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah. And you start to see uh, 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 certain things, even the, the depiction of this, that lifestyle in those days and how um, um, someone has portrayed themselves to just get by in the fuck in society, I guess. Yeah. Um, how they have to be So it's, it, I, I fucking liked that I, I dug that And I kind of fucking uh, I didn't catch some of the plot um, You know When we were talking Off, off of uh, During pre-pro Pre-production um, I fucking uh, Some of the stuff I, I didn't catch exactly But I kind of understood the, How the fucking The kid um, uh, Took advantage of the situation And uh, and ended up uh, uh, a spoiler ended up killing fucking Benedict Cumberbatch's uh, character. Yeah, so Phil Burbank is a gargantuan pile of shit. Like he it makes everybody's life living fucking hell. His brother's life miserable, and his brother deals with it as best as he can. But when uh, he marries, uh, you know, Kirsten Dunn's character of Rose, he really cranks up the assholeness so much that he starts driving her to heavy drinking to numb the pain and misery. She's already experiencing feeling alone in this new family situation. And her son, who is, I I would say, I guess, according to those times, he wasn't viewed as normal. You know, he had, he, but he was very smart and he just was very kind and what's about art and learning and all that stuff. Yeah. You know, he sees the way that Phil treats his mother and decides to plot his death. All at the same time, finding out that Phil is a closeted homosexual, especially in 1925 Montana. Like, you know, of course he's going to be hiding it because it, that is something that at that period of time, you know, was heavily frowned upon. And yeah. like he would have gotten killed or ostracized by the family. I don't know. Like, I, you know, obviously I wasn't alive in 1925. And, um, but he starts to drop his guard once Peter learns of this secret and thinks to himself, like, maybe there might be an opportunity for me and this dude to work out, like, a relationship of some sort because he misses uh, Buffalo Henry. Yeah. 
Um, you know, the guy but who fucking, trained him. You know, but fucking, you know, in the story, like, like um, kind of the part that was a kind of a weird miss for me, in a sense, where, like we said, when he discovers, the kid discovers. Um, yeah, um, he's wa- he's on the walk in the woods or in the, the, the wooded area, and he sees... Uh, like a weird the, place, the, piece the, of wood, you know what I mean? A piece like, of wood where, uh, where uh, you see Phil crawling to be able to hop into a specific lake on his own. Yeah. You know, it was like his area. And he finds, when he crawls through, he finds another little cutout area. He comes across these magazines, and when he opens it up, it's a bunch of pictures of men in yeah, all like sorts statues, of... like statues. Yeah. No, they weren't even statues. They were dudes who posed it's in like statuesque kind of imagery. But, you know, some of it was nude, some of it was covered up. It was like really like... They were erotic photos for that time. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, he he realizes, oh, like, this dude is gay, and he's such a piece of shit. That's how I'm he gonna, hides it, in a I'm, sense. Because he, he hides he's it. He's fucking hitting it so well that his fucking piece of shit ass on this motherfucker uh, being uh, or or social mask uh, pretty much took over who he, who, who he could have been. Yeah. And fucking, he just makes everybody's life a living hell, so everybody hates the fucking guy. Yeah, the only guys who like him are his cattle ranchers, but even they are suspicious of him. Yeah. Because there's the, the scene where... And they only like him because he fucking acts so, like, manly and shit, like that, in, yeah. in that sense. You know what I mean? And it's like, he's acting like the leader of the group when there's a group a group of guys, and, like, there's always that one dude that fucking thinks he's the toughest fucking of yeah. the crew. That's who this dude is. That's who this dude is. And, like, there's that point where the, the young cattle ranchers are in the... Uh, you know, river bed or whatever. Yeah. And they're like bathing and they're having fun and joking around. And when Phil comes around, they all go quiet and just kind of stare at him. Cause they kind of, I, I feel like they knew in some sort of way that he was gay, you know, yeah. um, or there was something weird about Phil, like it, it, cause they had never really seen him flirt with women at the bar. Like he's just sitting at the bar by himself drinking, you know, he's just kind of a, a lonely guy, lonely existence. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like Phil drops his guard and Peter decides to, yeah, cause Peter finds this thing. So then he drops his guard and, and tries to befriend the kid. Yeah. tries to befriend him and maybe potentially open up a, uh, uh, a relationship, relationship, yeah. you know, just like Buffalo Henry opened up with him. But Peter uses that to be able to figure out a way to get rid of, uh, Phil. Yeah. Uh, so Phil cuts his hand. And uh, his mother, uh, Rose, gives away the hides that he liked to burn for some reason. Yeah. And um, when he was angry, um, Phil uh, was tricked by uh, Peter because Peter comes with his rawhide and goes, hey, I got rawhide. I want to be just like you. And he's like, oh, yeah, They just skinned it off of a fucking dead, uh, a dead cow a dead that had been cow. sitting there for a long a while, I guess. You yeah, know and he mean? had told him previously, like, hey, these cows, they die of anthrax. Don't touch them. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and so he gives him a bucket of the rawhide. He puts his open wound hand in there and he gets sick and dies. Yeah. And I mean, but I honestly like when all that stuff, when the son, when Peter came to the ranch is really what for me when I was like, oh, where is this going? Like it is starting to the music, right? Like the music and how it played. It was really uneasy. Like it was just real kind of like uncomfortable sounding. Yeah. Um, and, you know. Like, you could tell that he was driving her to drink. I mean, I will say the the moment when Kirsten Dunst is sitting on the couch and she's talking to Peter and she's like, don't go with him. Like, you know, like, I don't trust him. I was like, man, Kirsten Dunst is a f- excellent actress. Like, Yeah, fuck yeah, she is. You know, uh, everybody in the cast was really good. Jesse Plemons is just 
I mean, I could watch Jesse Plemons all day long. I think he's a f- phenomenal actor. It, it, that's f- that fucking that shit's crazy. That looks kind of like Matt Damon. Matt Damon. And another crazy story is I ran into him in a weed shop once. Oh, did you? Yeah, when he was barely famous. Nice. Yeah, it was, he was still doing break. He just came out in one episode of Breaking Bad. Okay. And yeah, that's yeah, how yeah. I, that's where I knew him from, and I ran into him in a weed shop. Nice. Shout out Jesse Plemons, homie. Smoke it up, G. Jesse. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, this movie from start to finish is a a slow burn story, and when the pieces start all falling into place, it can- yeah, it it ends and it, when it falls into place, it's the last close to twenty minutes, um, maybe that maybe closer to thirteen minutes, I'd say, and um, it fucking makes you feel. I, I felt at the end, I felt accomplished in a sense because I felt happy for the kid that the kid was able to bring um, happiness to the world around him. Yeah, he was. Uh, you know, that, I, when, it, when that happened, I was just like, "Whoa!" So that fucking kid was a G, yo. Well, who especially like, that, who especially, fucking made the mom happy, made the fucking other dude happy, made himself happy. All this copacetic now. Yeah, because I mean, remember he was talked about when uh, his dad, before his dad had killed himself in the movie, he told him that he wished he could be kinder to people. Yeah, and, and Peter has a real kind of uh, standoffish kind of behavior with people. Like he's just kind of matter of fact. He doesn't like certain things done a certain way. Yeah. Um, but. He does care about the people in his life. And when he sees that Phil is such a jerk to everyone around him, uh, you know, he he starts plotting in his head. And I think it plays out incredibly well. I think you're watching the pieces and because the, they're told like a chapter, like chapters yeah. in a book. And you, you see the pieces being placed. You see all the moves of the chessboard going. And then finally, you see that the kid has always had the upper hand. He was just waiting for the proper opportunity. Yeah, exactly. And that's when you see the final pieces being played, and you can see it all coming to a head. And I, by the when when the movie ended, I honestly I sat there and I was just like in shock uh, <laughs> with how clever this young man was, and how he used someone's vulnerability and the social masking, like yeah. you said, to be such a miserable fuck yeah. to everybody else. And he was like, "I'm going to teach you the ultimate lesson." Yeah. Well, that was the only time too at the end of the film is when you see the kid smile, and it's, yeah. not, it's like a tiny little smile, but you see him smile. You see him smile. You see uh, George and Rose kiss when they get home from the funeral. Uh, yeah, from and the embrace, service. A, embrace a hug and after br- the kiss, and, and, yeah. and it kind of ends with them holding. You can see them in, in the distance holding each other, and the kid turns with a smile on his face, and I was well, just like, "Holy shit!" Because so that's the part that got me. I was like, "Oh fuck!" And that's when it all came back, all came together in my head. And I was like, well, "Oh cause, shit!" Because that's how, I mean, like, dude, like when that shit happened, right? Like you, you're like. George is now free of his brother. Yeah. And free who to be who he wants to be. He wants to be this socialite kind of like he wants to be a bigger man than just a cattle rancher. Like Phil is completely happy being a cattle rancher. Yeah. Completely fine with it. And that's great. But he expected his brother to be the same way. And George is like, no, no, man. I have bigger, bigger dreams. I, yeah, I, I fuck want, yeah. I, I want to make connections. I want to make fucking moves. Like, but you know, I don't have I'm always under your shadow. You're always the fucking dude. Everybody's like, oh, this dude, this dude. Yeah, Phil. You know, Phil, Phil. And he's like, fuck, man. Phil, 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 yeah. Phil, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but it's just like, fuck, man. Like, and finally, like, when his brother is dead, he has that moment of happiness with Rose. Yeah. Like, we don't have to deal with this anymore. It's us, baby. It's us. It's me and you. And they have no idea that Peter's the one who fucking did it for them. Yeah. It Woo. was fucking. Uh, it was. It was a good fucking. Good fucking film, man. I give it a fucking eight. An eight. I give this motherfucker a nine. A nine out of ten. 
Okay, well, it's definitely fucking. We definitely recommend it. So check that shit out if you motherfuckers want to, of course. If not, uh, watch something else. Yeah, do you have any tidbits this week? Just a couple. I guess Hocus Pocus 2 will be coming to Disney Plus pretty soon. Okay. It's been wrapped in, uh, I guess now it's just getting the final touches. So that'll pop up pretty soon uh, if anybody cares about that fucking movie. Because I know I, I, I know I personally do not. I've actually never seen Hocus Pocus. And uh, the, people love it. I do not. Yeah. And I, then I don't for, know what the appeal is. Yeah, me neither. I don't understand it. But um, fuck it. It is what it is. It is. Yeah, exactly. Um, And then we got fucking Tyson heart-shaped nuggets. It comes with a saucepan. So uh, if anybody wants to get a heart-shaped nugget for just in time for Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day is coming up around the corner, around the bend. So if you want to uh, uh, eat some heart. Some chicken heart. Fucking find out through uh, Tyson's Instagram. That's where the info would drop or some shit or already dropped more than likely. I yeah. don't fucking know. But, you know, for those uh, chicken fans. Chicken fans. Valentine's you, you, fans. You know, you're going to keep it real, 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 real Deuce, low key. Yeah. Uh, hey, baby, I made you some heart-shaped chicken nuggets. Yeah. And I can f- and you can write on them because it brings a saucepan. So it's like a saucepan where you can kind of like write, write on the fucking thing. Yeah. That's so fucking of That's kind of cool, you know? Yeah. You know, so you want to be original, you know? For those original the fucks out there. Yeah. yeah. I don't I don't celebrate Valentine's Day. I don't know how it Make it a memorable Valentine's Day. Make it memorable. Eat baby. a nugget. Eat a nugget. You know, just fucking squeeze that sauce. Be like, yeah. I like the way you work it. And in the next nugget, no diggity. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then the next nugget is going to be on your face. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Um, and yeah. then, then we're going to smoke a nugget. <laughs> a weed nugget. <laughs> uh, uh, any uh, other tidbits That's at all? it. That's it. Okay, all right. Uh, that's it for us, guys. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we really appreciate the time that you uh, make for our... It's always a pleasure. Uh, small little... And we got uh, next week's movies. By, by any uh, chance, you got any uh, any ideas? Um, I think I'm going to fucking torment you uh, this uh, uh, coming uh, next episode with uh, Adam Sandler's produced uh, oh, Kevin God. James movie on Netflix. I forget what the fuck it's called. Uh, it's called Home Team. Home so, Team. Boom. <laughs> Shakalaka. <laughs> Got him, baby. Adam Sandler. <laughs> I know how Yay. much Sam loves Kevin James and how much he loves Adam Sandler. So let's Love go him. ahead and get it. Love Taylor Lautner's in this movie too and Rob Schneider. Yay. Can't <laughs> wait. Look at the excitement on my face. Yeah. I am adding it it's to just gonna be great. my watching list. Um, You know what? I'm going to pick uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. All right. I'm with it. Let's do uh, this. So we'll do Ghostbusters Afterlife and Home Team. We got to get to Boba Fett. Uh, uh, that wraps up, I think, in two weeks. Okay, so uh, we gotta start five. fucking. We gotta start watching that shit. Yeah, so uh, we will review that when that is. And I heard, I heard that we're fucking up. I heard some uh, people want us to do shit. We, they wanted us to do a Boba Fett episode to episode to episode. So they don't like the fact that we did episode all wrapped up and, and, and we're gonna do it all in one episode. That's oh, what really? I, that's, yeah, that's what I got word of. So whoopsies. So uh, um, we fucked up on that. Uh, okay, yeah. so we won't, we won't, we won't, we will start covering shows episode to episode. To yeah. Episode. Um, this will be the if for fucking big shows like that, like uh, yeah. shit that's like fucking it, like so many people love. I think that's what we gotta do. Yeah, it looks sounds like we do. Yeah. Uh, yeah all right. Definitely. So, uh, lesson learned, and then we move on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll go. We'll do a deep dive on on Boba Fett, so it'll it'll be a little bit longer of an, of an episode. So let's kind of do like notes and shit. So yeah, you know, yeah, we'll kind of yeah. make it fucking a little bit more memorable. So yeah. we'll just skip right through it. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, 
fucking great. Uh, <laughs> woo! Didn't mean to. Hey, uh, but it's fucking dope no, no. that we get this kind of input. We appreciate yeah, exactly. that shit because no, no. helps us grow. Because yeah, exactly. Helps us. Helps us. Uh, you know, grow. And let's just, let us know that people are actually listening. Yeah, We're just, exactly. just talking out of rash over yeah. here. <laughs> Screaming into the void. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, guys, um, you can find us on anchor.fm. In the year 2000. <laughs> uh, anchor.fm slash the Renderos bros. Uh, you can find us individually on Instagram. I am Render Me Sam. I'm Hollywood Mike with double I and Mike. And our page is the Renderos bros. Uh, and you can always email us at Renderos bros at gmail. That's right. Com. Um, all right, guys, we're going to catch you guys next week. So our next films are uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. And Home Team. Yeah, Home Team on Netflix, baby. On Netflix. All right, guys. uh, Stay safe out there, and we'll catch you guys next week. That's right. And don't forget to not stare at the sun. Oh, thank you.